I'm gonna have to stop a second. It sounds like you've got a marble rolling around your floor. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> sorry. I'm being really distracting. I'm just making sure that I'm still recording. Okay. Uh, I'm really sorry. Do carry on. Um, I am listening. Okay. I promise. So. <laughs> It's episode 27 of Pod'em Up. This month, we're diving into a series of bizarre mini-games featuring a Japanese family. It's Incredible Crisis for the PS1. Before that, we've got an incoming indie for you, and a short trip down memory lane with LCD electronic handhelds of yesteryear. All that and more on Pod'em Up. Welcome back to Pod Them Up. I'm Ollie. That's Tibbs over there. Hello, right. Tibbs. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, so, got your PS5? Got your Xbox Series X? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. No. 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 It's, um... No. A man can dream. No. Well, I mean, even if my, my meagre finances could stretch to such luxuries, um, uh, got more chance of finding a gold nugget than finding a PS5 at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I did read this a bit. gold nugget. A bit of a shortage, yeah. I'd, so, I'd probably hold off anyway, though. Yeah. I'd like, you know, obviously I'd like the, the fun and excitement of getting a, a new console day one and all that. But, oh, yeah, um, of course. You know, experience is that it's usually better to go for the second or third revision of the hardware, generally That's speaking. That's right. Yeah, well, there's some Series Xs that are smoking, aren't they? Did I no, no, that? no, no. That turned out to be um, a hoax. Oh, was it a hoax? Oh, People okay. were getting their little uh, vape pens and <laughs> blowing it towards the intake at the bottom of the console and then just filling oh. it as it gets sucked up through the console and pouring oh, it at the okay. top. Oh, right, fair enough. Um, okay. But I can't imagine there's anything good in all that that vapor that's going to be gumming up the insides of that of the Xbox One. But yeah, it certainly wasn't due to any any hardware malfunction. But yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so what have you been playing then uh, this month? Well, uh, what have I been playing? I played. I forgot what it's called. Little Hope, the Dark Pictures Anthology, Part Two, Little Hope. Are you familiar with his series? Are you there? Oh, sorry. Yes, I was there. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. No. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't. I brief. Do you know what? I I reached over to turn my monitor off because I find it distracting, and I inadvertently closed my laptop, which um, 
which st- <laughs> <laughs> which sent me off for a bit. I think. Sorry about that. No, no, that's um, fine. I'm used to it. Okay, so I've missed everything. Everything that you said then. Uh, you said, I'm, it's fine. I, I, I'm used to people zoning out while I talk. But um, <laughs> just <laughs> no, no. Uh, so, um, Dark Pictures Anthology, Little Hope. What, you, what's what's that? It is a. Uh, did you ever play? Uh, Until Dawn. I did not know. It's kind of it's by the same people by Supermassive Games. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a horror anthology series. Um, it's going for like a um, Tales from the Crypt kind of thing, where okay. you've got a, a, a main character uh, called the curator, who's introducing these stories, these creepy horror stories. I'm going to have to stop a second. It sounds like you've got a marble rolling around your floor. I'm sorry. I'm just... (laughs) Sorry, I'm being really distracting. I'm just making sure that I'm still recording. Okay. Uh, I'm really sorry. Do carry on. Um, We'll cut out my my marble rollings and you just carry on. Sorry, I am am listening. Cool. Promise. Okay, cool. So, so there's there's this creepy guy. His name is the curator. That's all you know him as. And okay. he reads you, he brings out one of these books and he tells you the story and you play the events of the story basically. Um, mm-hmm. And it's usually a bunch of characters. The first game was called uh, Man of Madame and it was about a ship, oh, yeah. a ghost ship and these people find themselves on it. You have to get them all off. I remember you talking about that one. Yeah. So this is the follow-up game. Um, okay. This time it's a creepy village surrounded by f- a thick impenetrable fog that they can't escape. Mm-hmm. And same thing, you've got to have them wander about this town, find out what's going on, and uh, save them. Um, it's alright, it's a bit glitchy, it's very buggy. Um, nah. Apparently, according to uh, the Twitter account everyone should follow, at Does It Play One, uh, where mm. they check whether games run without needing online updates and things like that, yeah. um, and make sure the whole game's on the desk. Um, the version that's on the disc, the unpacked version, apparently has a game-breaking bug that won't let you complete the game. Oh, God. Um, so that's not so good. Oh, dear. Um, it's a terrible situation we are in where they just release games I know. just broken and then, oh, don't worry, we'll patch them up later. I'll patch it later. It's, it'll be it's fine. just shocking, isn't it? It, it is. Really it's, is. It's, uh, I don't like it at all. But no. So, yeah, um, I did patch it. I did play it. Um, I finished it. It finished a bit suddenly, uh, a bit underwhelming, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, uh, okay. But it was all right. I, I've, hmm. I've played worse. It, it was it was just is average. I'd give it, you know, if I were to the type to score things, I give it sort of six out of ten. It's not mm-hmm. bad. It's not brilliant. It's it's mm. all right. It's all right. Um, I've also been playing. Uh, I wanted to play. Um, I'd want to buy that Watch Dogs Legion the new oh, yeah. Watch Dogs game, only because yeah. it's set in England, and I think that'd be mm. quite an interesting, you know, you know, quite interesting to play a game like that set in our, our own country, so I thought that'd yeah. be an interesting one. So I haven't bought it yet, because it's, it's, it's an Ubisoft game, which means you've got to navigate a, a spreadsheet of things to figure out which game's actually got the whole game in it, which version, <laughs> so I can't be bothered with that. So I thought I'd go back and um, try playing Watch Dogs, the original, because um, so I, tr- I tried playing it before and it didn't, it didn't click with me so I've been yeah. playing through that now because um, I thought I'll play through that I'll play through Watch Dogs 2 which I've heard is better and that, by that time 
there should be a few other few second-hand versions of Watch Dogs Legion knocking about, and I should be able to pick that up on the cheap. Yeah. So Watch Dogs I've been playing. It's okay. Um, it's it's very very frustrating at times. Mm. It's very. I must admit to not knowing what sort of game it even is actually. It's kind what? of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Um, you know, sort of free roaming city thing. It's an Ubisoft game. So there's towers you have to climb. Um, there's a mission where you have to follow someone, but not too close. And uh, honestly, at times it felt like I, I forgot. I, there was a mission in particular. I, I literally forgot I was playing Watch Dogs and thought I was playing Far Cry 5. <laughs> you know, it just felt the characters and everything. I just, I was like, hang on a minute. Oh no, 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 it's not Far Cry. Um, but Ubisoft games are so they're they're all they're basically reskins. They're all the same game. Mm. But yeah, so it's kind of like um, a Grand Theft Auto free roaming city thing, and you play as a rather unlikable hacker type person. Um, he hacked into a bank. Someone didn't like it, so they ordered a hit on him. But it went wrong, and his niece got killed. So now he's on a journey of revenge to find out who it was and enact his revenge. Um, okay. So standard missions: go to point A from point go to, from point A to point B, shoot all the guys there, and then come back. And that's basically the majority of the game. But what sort of differentiates it is you because you're an elite hacker, you can hack into all sort of environmental things around the world. So you can make um, traffic lights turn um, red or green as you go through them to cause pileups. If someone's chasing you, you can engineer a pileup behind you to try and, you know, throw them off the trail. Oh, and you can cause sort of um, little bollards to come up in the road and um, power generators what? to explode and all sorts of things. Is this while driving? Yes, yeah. Oh, right. That's quite a skill to be able to hack and drive at the same it time. It is, yeah. Yeah, it is. He, he's, yeah, he's quite skilled in that regard. Um, and you can a lot of the game, a lot of the missions will be like, you need to get into a restricted area. So instead of sort of just running in and shooting your way in, um, you'll hack a security camera. And then you can control that camera. If you see another camera, then you can jump to that one. You hack that one. And you can sort of jump from camera to camera to get inside the building and then hack into a computer that way. And it's, hmm. it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, I got quite frustrated. I'm, I'm right towards the end of the game now. I think there's only like a few missions left. And um, I had to do this. There's a fight with a gang leader on the top of a, an old skyscraper. So it's a sort of derelict skyscraper. And you have to fight him, but he gives this really long speech about why he's so great and, you know, how dare you challenge him and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It goes through all that, and then the fight begins. And if you lose that fight, as I did several times, yeah. you have to listen to the whole thing again. Oh my god, and, and you can't skip you it. You can't skip it. That is ridiculous. And then, if you do, do um, the battle goes in the fight is in two waves so you you, f you f kill the first bunch of enemies then he gives you another section of the speech and then he'll come out to <laughs> fight so if you lose on the second bit you have to listen to all of this first speech oh, all geez. of the second speech i got so frustrated with it last night i just switched it off i said like, i can't listen to it again i just i 
that, that's my add-in. I know. It's amazing how things like that sort of creep into the final game. And yeah. Like, don't get patched out or anything like that, because it's such an obvious, it, annoying thing. It is so obvious. It? I mean, it you, could just be that I'm crap at the game. Because um, I will say that... Um, there's like a skill tree of things you know you get skill points and you can customize which uh, area of your character's uh, development you want to focus on so you've got yeah. like hacking skills combat skills driving skills you know the, that kind of thing something i can't stand in games because really? i just can't be bothered i can't be bothered <laughs> i can't be bothered to think oh, just give me everything you know just give me the, the what i need i can't really be dealing with skill trees I, I, they're a big turn off for me well the thing i thought because he's, he's meant to be a hacker and the game is about hacking, I thought, okay, I'm going to focus all the skill points, the majority of them, not all of them, but the majority of them, I'm going to focus on the hacking skills. Yeah. And there is a particular combat skill that would have made the fight easier, but by the time you trigger the fight, you can't leave it and then go, you know, grind skill points somewhere else and get the... So, you know, if you haven't got that skill point by there... Mm. You're not going to get it, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. just, yeah. But other than that, I mean, again, it's not it's not a brilliant game. I wouldn't say to anyone it's a fantastic must-play experience. But it's, I've had a reasonable amount of fun with it, um, mm. you know. And it's been sat on my shelf for for years because I I did try it ages ago and I, it, just, it just didn't click with me. But it's clicked with me a little bit more this time, so I'm I'm glad I've given it a chance. But um. Yeah, I've heard Watch Dogs 2 is a lot better, so I'll report back on that, you know, mm. next month, hopefully. Yeah, certainly the London one sounds interesting. Yeah, it does, yeah. Because um, I've, like, I've always been drawn to, um, you know, games that are based in places that I'm familiar with. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and, I mean, um, it's probably the the reason I spent, you know, the, all the time I spent playing Forza Horizon... Yeah. Three, four, whichever one's. I think on, it's four. On yeah, I played a bit of that as well. It's just because it the was one set in England, in the UK. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting to see, isn't it? Because yeah. normally it's obviously it's always New York and America and Los Angeles and that kind of thing. So it's it's always nice to see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there was that game on PS2, The Getaway, which was another sort mm. of GTA-like thing, and that was set in London. Um, but I couldn't get into that one either. I played uh, the first time I played it. Um, like the first mission in the game is like, well, first or second mission, you've got to uh, get in your car and escape or drive fast through the city. And mm. there was some glitch. I just drove straight off the map. <laughs> and it's, it, I was like, right. Into the Thames? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's just like, nah, that's back in the box. Yeah. Back yeah. in the box. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, oh, um, and Mario 35. I've been playing tons and oh, tons yeah. of Mario 35. Have you? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so cool. I'm going to be really annoyed when they take that down because I've become quite yeah. addicted to it. Yeah, um, yeah, when they make the unfathomable decision to just remove it from existence, yeah. Well, we've been through that. Yeah, we've been through that. <laughs> so, yeah. what about you? What have you been playing? Um, yeah, I've been playing around with a little game called Super Mash. It's, um, it's effectively a game generator. Um, so the idea is that you've got this you've got this character and he's found um, an old games console it looks a bit like a SNES and it's got two cartridge slots on it and you've got a load of cartridges but rather than games on them they've got genres on them so um, platformer shoot 'em up stealth metroidvania JRPG that kind of thing so you choose which two genres you want to put in and it will generate a game a little game uh, incorporating elements of both of those genres 
So it's quite um, it's quite an interesting little thing. Actually, the most interesting one that I've come that I've come across is um, so I merged. I think it was a JRPG and a shoot 'em up. So you get this. You, you, it shows this character like an RPG kind of character, and he was kind of flying over this um, vertical shoot 'em up landscape with um, planes coming towards him. And when you press the shoot button, rather than it shooting something, the game pauses. And a little um, RPG-like um, <laughs> menu comes up asking you which attack you want to do. And then one of them's like swing the sword. And you'll swing the sword and you'll just destroy the enemies that are in front of you or drop a bomb and stuff. So I thought that, that really is a genuinely interesting mix of both <laughs> elements of both genres yeah. into one thing. I mean, it's not a particularly practical thing, but it's just... And to be fair, at the beginning of the game, it says, you know, don't expect an amazing thing this is like an experimental thing so sometimes the game won't be might be too difficult might be too hard might not even be beatable um, might be a bit weird and glitchy but it's the kind of the fun of experimentation and trying yeah seeing what you get I'm I mean, just kind of uses... some screenshots of it now on the um, the Nintendo store page it looks really yeah. good yeah it's got all it's sort of obviously it's got all its pre-made assets so you might see characters popping up again and again but it's the way it uses them, and it kind of incorporates kind of uh, twists and, and targets and things. So in one case, I, I think I merged stealth and RPG, and it said I couldn't um, attack any enemies because of the stealth bit. But when you go into a turn-based battle, you can't run away, and you, you've got literally no option but to attack an enemy. And then as soon as you do, you fail it. Oh, so yeah. obviously it, <laughs> it wasn't beatable, but yeah. it's it quite funny nonetheless. So oh, um, really cool. yeah, it's, it's it's a really interesting little thing. Yeah, I can't believe I've not heard of this. It, it says here release date May May eighth, twenty twenty. I've never heard yeah. of this. That's that's really surprising. I can't remember when I first heard of it. I only picked it up recently. I got it in, I got it on the, the Epic Games thing because I had a, a coupon that mm. I needed to use, so I I went for that. Um, but yeah, it's it's really nice. I mean, the only thing I'd say at the moment is I haven't got many different genres. I've got a lot of kind of things that would be merged anyway, like platformer, stealth, Metroidvania, that kind of thing. Mm. I'm hoping that to unlock, I don't know if I will, but I'm hoping to unlock more genres like, you know, fighting games, racing games, and to kind of yeah. mix those together would be even more interesting, I think. It does so. say on the description, it says, over time we'll be supporting the game with various content updates, including new mm. genres, characters, dev cards, and more in future. So yeah, it looks like they are planning to... Hmm. to add more to that so yeah that's really good yeah i'd recommend it yeah, it's, it's, yeah. i think normal price is only about 15 quid or something yeah um, so, um yeah 20 uh, oh 20 dollars oh, okay. so yeah about 15 quid yeah yeah cool. yeah i'd recommend it i think it's on most things yeah 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 oh, that's um, really good I, i'm gonna i'm gonna try that it's well worth a little play around yeah uh, i think a lot of the ideas might not be that usable if you're say if you're a game dev and looking for some inspiration but uh, you probably get some interesting things that might, you know, kind of send you off on different tangents and ideas and stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, a bit more Klonoa 2. Oh, yeah, um, cool. Sort of quite far through that now. Um, yeah, it's really, obviously, again, really good. A, a lot of the levels vary significantly in length. You get some levels that are like a normal platformer length, like about five minutes or so. And then other ones, you know, I'll sort of sit down and think, okay, I'll play a bit of Klonoa 2 before then moving on to something else. And 40 minutes later, I'm still on the same level because yeah. it just because a lot of them are, are puzzle based. Yeah. So 
remember in Klonoa 1 you would pick up an enemy and you could use that enemy as like a you know to hop up to a higher platform or to throw at something a lot of them do different things now so you could have like a little helicopter one or you could use one to uh, get through a, a barricade of some sort they do different things so a lot of the puzzle elements are using which ones in which order to get past the little puzzle so they often take a little while <laughs> but um yeah it's um it's really good mm. yeah that's the same thing as i said last time yeah i haven't really been playing much else i did catch um console wars the documentary or based on the book the blake harris book no i've not no again this is uh it's flown under my radar like oh, have you never read the console wars no no Oh, okay. Well, it came out a few years ago. It's about the battle between Sega and Nintendo um, in the early 90s, basically. Mm. Well, there's a huge history there, so it's um, it's a really interesting read. Uh, but they recently made a documentary about it, and uh, yeah, it's, good. it's kind of it doesn't cover everything in the book, and it kind of glazes over some bits. But I mean, it's an hour and a half versus a full book, so you know, that's, mm. that's to be expected. Yeah, really, it kind of brisks out, yeah. through things. Is that a Netflix or? Well, no, I happened to see it on Sky because it came out, it was recently announced on, it was on some sort of CBS on-demand thing in America. And I thought, oh, how am I going to get that? And then I just happened to see it just in the daytime on, on Sky documentaries oh. or something. So I, I just got it there. So if, got, if anyone's got Sky, they can catch it there. They'd probably get it somewhere else, I'm, I'm just sure. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. It does that weird thing that other video game documents. There's there's another one on Netflix, isn't there? The high score one. Oh, that's the one I thought you meant to begin with. Yeah, I've not watched no, that. No, it's it's similar. It's very similar actually. That one also does this, where they kind of dramatise the scene that they're depicting in like pixel art, okay. and they keep they keep doing so like all the characters they like recreate the characters in sort of, sort of silly pixel art just to kind of keep your attention while they talk about something. Yeah, I find that a bit kind of silly and pointless, but <laughs> oh, check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the book, you definitely check out the book because it's really, really interesting. It's kind of centers around Tom Kalinske, who was the, he ran Save America, basically, in the, the, the early 90s. He he helped, he was a big force in, in making Sega what it was then, you know, popular and everything. Um, kind of his ideas behind marketing and ad campaigns and stuff and, you know, putting Sonic 1 in the box, yeah. the Mega Drive and things like that. So um, definitely a good read, yeah. Yeah, isn't that the the apocryphal tale of when well, this, whoever was in charge of Sega at the time in that meeting didn't he kick a chair over and disgust yeah. and, and walk out the room? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the book and the and the documentary covers that bit, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all about the sort of the dynamic between Sega of America and Japan and how they were basically at odds with every yeah, they were decision. Always, yeah. And the Japanese guy, because Sega America was doing so well and the Mega Drive was doing comparatively poorly in Japan, he was getting on their cases on the, uh, in Japan. But why aren't, why aren't you as, as successful in, as the Americans and you know, things like that? Yeah. So it's and obviously they then resented Sega America and it's just it's caused their own demise, really, in the end. Yeah, ultimately it did, yeah. Mm. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we've discussed a bit on the PS5, haven't we, and the Series X. Have you got any other news things that caught your eye? Um, I could not, but I can recall. 
No, I don't think so. Well, there probably no, is, because whenever we say that, I should prepare for the show a bit more in terms of the <laughs> news things, because I always think of something afterwards. Oh, yeah, we should have mentioned that. Yeah, um, no, I don't actually prepare the news bits. Either. It's just things I happen to yeah, have seen along the way. That I don't. You, you, you bump into. Oh, I did get the um, the Mario Game on Watch. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, you got it? Yeah. I oh, did. yeah, and you good? Um, yeah, I mean, that's what it says on the tin. It's... Little game and watch Mario Brothers. Really nice little screen on it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't argue with it. Really, I'd say if you if you if it uh, a game and watch with Super Mario Brothers on it is appealing to you, then yeah, I'd, I'd pick one up. Hmm. Is it just Super Mario Brothers? Is there is there the actual game and watch recreations of the actual game and watch? It's Mario Brothers. On there? No, it's um Super Mario Brothers, uh, Mario Brothers Two or Lost Levels. Mm. Um, a clock and a Game & Watch version, the Game & Watch ball, where it's just Mario juggling. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah. There aren't any other Game & Watch things on there. Mm. It's a shame. They could have bundled them all on there, really, couldn't they? Just for It would have been nice. Because why not, you know? It would have been that. Well, I mean, why not would be money. Um, <laughs> I imagine if it does well... Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Zelda one, on you know, um, yeah. a Donkey Kong one. That's true. You know, yeah. Revisit all the classic game and watches, and each time bundle a new version bundle of a different you know, one on there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It seems it's funny that of all the companies, I would expect Nintendo to do something like that. Mm. It's funny those. I don't know what you would even call them, but those game watch game watch things. Those and like the. Was it the Tiger, the tiger ones? ones? Yeah, the little yeah. LCD games, yeah. It's funny, if you showed those to like a kid now, they would just look at you blankly and think, what the hell is this? I know, <laughs> I know. So, it's so basic. But we did just literally just sit there and play them, didn't That's we? That's the and thing. It was just... I, 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 I mentioned this on Twitter a while back, but it kind of irks me a bit, because you, you, there's so many people... you. I, you'll get it on, like generally on forums, on YouTube and things like that. People being all snooty and looking down their nose at the Tiger LCD games and how crap they were and everything. But I mean, at the time, I mean, when I got the the Sonic the Hedgehog one, that was one of the main ones I had. Yeah. Um, And I don't know when that came out. I'm going to guess 93 or 94. It was never a replacement for having a console at home or it was never meant to be a replacement for a Mega Drive or anything like that it was just a cheap game that your parents wouldn't get too mad about you if you lost lost it in the playground yeah basically you know it's something you could play in the playground (laughs) if it got smashed it was 10 quid rather than you know however much a game gear cost at that time you know, they were never meant to be these great in-depth experiences. They were just fun little distractions when you had yeah. a half hour in the playground. Um, exactly. I played the, I played loads of them. I, you can actually, I don't know if, you, if you've done it yourself, but actually if you go on the uh, Internet Archive, archive.org, mm. um, they've got basically all the Tiger LCDs um, oh, that you man. can play in the browser emulated. Brilliant. Um, the Sonic one, the Golden Axe one, which is actually still really quite good, I have to say. <laughs> I, th- um, I had the Street Fighter one, I think. Yeah, the Street Fighter one as well, yeah. Yeah. They're really good. They were really yeah. nice little things. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy what they could do with such a limited like, set kind of sp- sprites or 
pictures. Yeah. Just in very, very specific places. Yeah. Because you know, um, I, I, I'd never really played the game and watched ones. And my wife, Abby, was telling me about one because they used to have one. They were their siblings. And it was um, like a Mario platformer. And it was literally just, you could just move him like left and right. And like these platforms would just sort of move along the screen and it was it was surprisingly good for for what it was yeah. you know it just it looked very impressive yeah they were they were really cool at the time it's it's funny it's one of those things where i remember like kids having them in the playground i i knew at least, i knew at least one person who had the the zelda one that folds in half mm. um you know loads of people had the the little handheld ones i had i can't remember what one i had but i rem- i remember i had one um i definitely had the green popeye um uh, it looks like a little mini arcade thing, and it's like a little um, you put on your like almost like a laptop-sized little green arcade thing, and that was a Popeye game and watch. And mm. I had the little the actual watch ones that they did. I had um, a Super Mario Brothers three game and watch watch. Um, right. Don't know where they are now, and they were really common back then but you see the they become really collectible now yeah i know they have and it's like you know everyone had them back then i don't know where any of them are now i know i had the turtles one this was going back quite a long time now i think is you may have seen it you, they do pop up now and then it's like the sort of really big long thing with buttons oh. and a really and a small screen at the top yeah that's the konami ones isn't it yeah, I had a yeah. Konami Star Trek one, a grey one that they they had that same. They all had that sort of elongated shape, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, the weird weird shape. Yeah, and I think that that must have been a long time ago. That maybe nineteen ninety, ninety one, something like that. Yeah. Like a really old one, and I don't even remember the, what the game was like, but I, I definitely remember it very clearly. The only one I still have, um, it's in my parents' attic, is the Tomy. I can't remember what they called them now. The three D something, and they were like, like a like a three D visor you held up against your your face. And oh, right. They were they looked like a pair of binoculars almost, and you you put them up against your face, and it's just like a little LCD game. But this one was like little biplanes, and they were shooting down balloons or something, um, mm. and it had like a little light. Um, panel on the top so you had to have like direct sunlight shining in the top to illuminate it of course yeah, um yeah. but yeah that that was really good and you sort of held it up and it, you got a very basic sort of 3d effect from it um i've still got that one i don't know i i, I presume it still works <laughs> yeah I, I i think i vaguely remember seeing something like that in the argos catalog at, yeah. s- at some point i'm sure it must have been in there yeah yeah i found it last time i were i was looking for something in 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 the attic but i think i might mention it on the show before i've got uh, the same time i went up there i found an old sonic the hedgehog water squirty toy oh i had that yeah. i think i'm pretty sure i had that and yeah there's like the rings went yeah. up and you had to hook them on things didn't you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i found that in mm. there still filled with original 1992 water I love that. I love how old that water is. I know. It's hilarious, isn't it? It's brilliant. I know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 1992 water, yeah. brilliant. <laughs> so, God, that's a... Well, I'm sure... Just a little trip down memory lane there memory for all of us. There. Yeah, yeah lovely. Go. I enjoyed that. But yeah, so, um, but yeah, the Game of Watch, I've heard a lot of people... Um, not a lot of people. I've heard people say... It's too much money for what it is, and you know. How much was it? It's about fifty quid. It was I I forty five. I paid for it for okay. direct from the Nintendo site. Um, yeah. 
I don't think it's I, that bad. I mean, it's 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 more of a collectible bit for the 35th Mario anniversary rather than a, yeah. you know, they could they, could it have been cheaper probably, but you know, it was a collector's item for the you know for the anniversary. It's not bad, I think. No, it's not bad. Um, I saw that they were, someone's hacked it. Oh today, yeah, I think. yeah. Um, so I mean, who knows what else you could put on there? So, you know, for that reason, maybe that's uh, that's quite quite good. It's got a good screen and everything. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, if if they can, people can hack it for homebrew. It, I mm. I wouldn't imagine it'll be that long before people start putting game watch recreations on there themselves. Oh yeah, so you could get the whole lot on there. Get anyway, a whole lot yeah. on there anyway. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah. Mm. You know. Of course, if Nintendo is listening, we we do not condone such actions at all. I can't yeah. imagine they are, but no, of course, of course <laughs> not. And uh, if you are listening, they did a good work on the, uh, you know, uh, artificial scarcity. Keep it up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're big fans here. Big fans, love it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, another bridge burned. What what next? Yeah. Uh, I got an incoming indie. Okay, oh, a little one. Good. Yeah, cool. Just a little, a little quick one. Um, this is called Berserk Boy. Um, it's it's just a little thing. It's only I think I can only find it on Twitter basically. So it's just a guy working away on a on a little game himself. Um, it's a nice little. Um, it's let me find it. It's at Berserk Boy Game. If you want to look it up, okay. it is. Um, it's a little sort of Mega Man style pixel art platformer. But he's he's a really good animator. Does some lovely work. Um, you can sort of change forms to to tackle different problems in the in the game, um, and it's just it's just a very nice looking little platformer kind of. Uh, it's it's like Mega Man ish, but it's got a bit more of the bit more pace to it. Um, so yeah, just go and check it out. That's yeah. at Berserk Boy Game. Um, I think it's still quite early on in development. No no signs of platforms yet or anything, but. Um, yeah, he posts a lot. I mean, I look on his Twitter. He posts a lot, but you can find like little gameplay gifs if you scroll through it. Um, I think he's probably got a couple on near the top. So. Yeah, oh, there we go. Berserk. Oh no, no. Berserk boy game. There we go. Mm-hmm. I was spelling berserk wrong. I was spelling it with a Z. He's done it with the R S. Ah, uh, it's the S. The old S. Oh yeah, that looks really cool. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, yeah. Well, um. Yeah, we'll retweet that ourselves. Post, post a little, do a little signal boost from. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Right, um, so, unless there's anything else you need to to discuss. No. Well, we've got a, a crisis brewing. Oh, an incredible it's an in- crisis! It's an incredible crisis. Oh. <laughs> I've been looking forward to talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Should we take a quick break then? And then we'll take a break. God, we're flying we'll through this show it. today, aren't we? Um, it feels like it. it feels yeah. like it. Breakneck pace. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see you back in a sec. Yeah.
welcome back. Today we're talking about Incredible Crisis for the PlayStation One. We are. I should have mm. said before. I should have said in the break, actually. Yeah. Um, maybe you should have come back with uh, one of um, Tanio's sound effects oh, that he does yeah. over and over and over again because it never gets old. <laughs> so you could. <laughs> You could have just, that could have been the, wow, little stinger to come back with. I could have just, yeah, I mean, I, perhaps I'll just put that, instead of the music, <laughs> I'll just put that over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is, um, it's a little party game, isn't it? It's like a single player party game. Yes. Uh, developed by Polygon Magic um, and published, I did look up Polygon Magic, I can't remember anything else. They did quite a lot of other stuff, but I couldn't, I, nothing rings a bell. No, what they did. It's, it's a fairly. I think it's quite a small studio. Yeah, um, but they didn't. They did um, Galarians, which is a game we might cover on a, a future show. But um, that's okay. probably the the biggest known thing they've done. Uh, in certainly known to Western audiences, I think. Mm, okay. Um, so yeah, developed by Polygon Magic, published by uh, Takuma Shoten in Japan, uh, where it, where it uh, released in June 1999. In the US and Europe, it was published by Titus Interactive and released in November 2000. You can pick up uh, a PAL copy for around the 10 to 20 pound mark. Yeah, it's cheap. So it's not cheap as chips. Yeah. Um, interestingly, it was uh, designed and scripted by Kenichi Nishi of Skip Limited, who um, co-directed Chibi Robo. Indeed. As we had the other the other episode. Um, so yeah, single player party game. It's got um, it's made up of 24 mini games. And it follows four separate stories of individual members of a Japanese family as they attempt to return home for the grandmother's birthday. Yes. Um, and then hilarity ensues. Yes, it's everything that could possibly go wrong. Literally anything that could possibly yeah. go wrong does go yeah, wrong. Uh, yeah, it, and from the mind of a Japanese person. <laughs> Not to stereotype, but you know, it's just literally this game is nuts. It's nuts with a capital N. Yes. Um, so I, I, I've actually written down um, the sequence of events that happens to the father. Yeah. Okay, and I, I, I shall, I shall read them out. Um, so basically, his morning in-office exercise routine is disrupted by a runaway statue of a globe that's being positioned by helicopters and proceeds to chase him down a corridor before trapping him inside a plummeting elevator and leaving him dangling on a flagpole. And that's just the start. That's just the morning, you know. A <laughs> so a statue that was holding the flagpole then falls on his head. He's taken off in an ambulance where paramedics ask him quick-fire general knowledge questions to check that he's still alive. Jubilant with his success, they then eject him from the ambulance on his stretcher, on which he has to avoid traffic. Um, he then encounters and is love-struck by his attractive female colleague, whom he follows onto a Ferris wheel. And we're going to get to that later. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely something you'll want to stick around for. <laughs> um, anyway, she exits the Ferris wheel capsule via helicopter, leaving him with a bomb. Bomb explodes. He lands on a battleship that's being used in an attack on a UFO that has appeared over the sea. Via a phone call, his daughter encourages him to commandeer a turret on the ship to shoot away the missiles that are being fired at it. And then a small sinking boat that he has to help bail water out of takes him to the shore where he takes an underground train home only to discover that the same woman has cut the brakes and the train crashes its way up to the surface level where he miraculously finds himself in his own back garden. 
<laughs> I mean, That's like, the father's I, story. I mean, I don't know what sounds so incredible about that. I mean, <laughs> m- mundane crisis would have been a bit much better <laughs> name, wouldn't it, really? Yeah. So that's his story. Then you've got three others from three different three other family members. And it runs in sequence, and they've they've each got uh, several mini games to encounter, and they'll, they'll sort of reference a few of them there. Um. So you picked this game. I did. Yeah. Uh, did you play this at the time? Not at the time, no. Uh, this is another okay. one. I was aware of it at the time. Um, yeah. I'd read about it in in official UK PlayStation magazine, and it seemed like the kind of game I would have liked. Um, but for whatever reason, I just never picked it up at the time. Um, picked mm-hmm. it up years later. Um, just on a, it's just one of. Do you ever get that thing where you just randomly think of a game that you'd seen years ago and you think, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'll have a look yeah. on eBay, see how much that is. And it was, mm. like, like you said, it was like £10. So I yeah. thought, okay, God, I'd be daft not to at that price. Um, so this was a few years back. Um, mm. Yeah, and I just I just found it hilarious. Yeah, it's very odd. It's um, I, I think I think I, I remember seeing a screenshot of it in Retro Gamer where they would talk about sort of lesser-known games. Mm. Um, and that's the only indication I had of it. When you, I, I didn't know it by name. Um, and then I had no idea what I was getting myself into, basically. So I kind of booted it up and <laughs> to see. And that was the best. That's the best way to experience. In a way, way yeah. in a way, we're ruining it for everyone. Really, that is the best way to experience it. But short of that, just yeah, listen to this. Um, so, I was going to say, if we maybe focus just, you know, if we we talk about the um, the game, if we focus mainly on the on Tanio's section. Um, sure, okay. And then we can leave some of the rest. You know, if you do want to play it, there's still plenty to. The other yeah. stories are quite nuts as well, so there'll be plenty. Oh, yeah, to no, play. I wouldn't. I don't want to ruin the stories of any of the other characters, no. and they do kind of interlink as well, which is quite interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a few other mini games from the other characters that I do want to discuss, okay, cool. but I, yeah. we, won't, we won't ruin every single one of them. We'll just sort of talk about some of our favourites and some maybe some that we didn't get on so well with. So. As I said to you in the break, there's a Ferris wheel game, which we will leave till last, yes. because we definitely want to talk about it. Okay. So before we get to that, were there what, what um, I mean, first of all, we should say, what kind of mini games are we talking about? So there's, there's a couple of rhythm based games in there. There's, I'm going to say a lot of them are sort of rhythm games, quick time events and yeah, that kind, that kind of thing. It's very simple, sort of either directional and like one or two buttons, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's nothing so it's, nothing majorly complex. It's very simple stuff that you can kind of pick up. You get a little bit of information about what you need to do before you start the game. And then you kind of get... But sometimes it takes a little while to figure it out, I would say. Yeah, it's a, they're, a bit, they're a bit like WarioWare segments, yes. but extended yeah. out. You know, whereas WarioWare yeah. is just like five seconds. This is like, you know, you get a minute or two of each one. Yeah, it's a full game that you have to complete, and they are in a linear sequence, so you have to do them one by one. Mm. There's a little uh, kind of a logo of a like a a guy who's under a lot of pressure <laughs> in the corner, and that indicates how well you're doing in the game, doesn't it? It's yeah. like um, it, it's, it's just a health bar, really, in reverse. And every time you you do some, if you make a mistake, it. it it increases if it reaches the the top you lose a life but if yeah. you, if you as you do well is the stress decreases and you can carry yeah. on so it, it kind of monitors how well yeah. you're doing basically and there are lives in this actually aren't there yeah there are so yeah. you you will get a, a chunk of mini games and you, if you lose your life you do have to start with those again 
Um, and I did I did stream this. Did you catch? I know you didn't catch the I stream. I didn't watch it did, live, you... but I did watch the the video on demand. Yeah. Yeah, because it starts. The Tanio's first game is a um, yeah. a, a, a rhythm game, um, which I'm terrible at. I just can't. I, I'm not very good. So it, t- it did take me quite a few attempts, and I'm not afraid to admit that once I completed that, I did a quick save state on the old emulator because <laughs> there was no chance in hell I was doing that again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I must admit when I got. Hang it's this dancing thing he does in the office, isn't it? They 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 go in, all the employees get up and do a little dance to get in the day, which is kind of a Japanese thing anyway, isn't it? They kind of do that. That is the thing they do. So it's based on a real thing, Um, and it's basically just a simple like press these buttons in the in the sequence along with the beat of the music. You you know, you see it in countless other rhythm games. Um, And I must admit, when I finally did get into the rhythm of it, it was very satisfying Hmm. to just get it in there. But I think that's just that's a general point about rhythm games, I suppose. Once you finally get it, but it's probably the best I've done. That final bit where I actually got it it was finally the best I've done on a rhythm (laughs) game. I would say. I thought I genuinely thought, oh god, I'll be sitting here all night trying to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, other ones that stood out for you then? What? Uh, stood out good or stood out bad? Either, either. Stood out. Because I think there's a mix. There's a mixed bag. I think. I yeah, there's one. The one that I particularly didn't like, and I think, judging from the the stream, perhaps you felt it as well. Um, mm. The general knowledge quiz in the ambulance. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not like it. <laughs> no. I like the idea. The I idea, do like the idea. is good. Um, yeah, but. <sighs> Basically, you're in an ambulance and you see these two paramedics leaning over you, and for some reason they they want to ask you general knowledge questions and like sort of arithmetic questions um, to ensure that you're alive or something. I guess. Yeah, it's, so, instead of doing like you know how many fingers I'm holding up, they they'll say, you know, is the sum of twenty two thousand six hundred and four <laughs> and thirty five thousand seven hundred and two an an even number. Yeah. And you get like two seconds to answer. It's very. I didn't even get enough time to read the whole question sometimes because I'm quite a slow reader. And then yeah, you usually get get two seconds to think of it. And then, but I think you do get you do get them repeated, and you kind yeah. of learn that it's yes or no, it's simple yes or no answers. Yeah, you got and do you do so kind of learn of them, some though. of them. There's like ten of them. You have got to get ten right ones. I think yeah. ten correct ones. Um, and if you get too many wrong answers, then you have to start again. And. I'm just trying to think of some of the others. It was. So, um, is the French flag the oldest one in the world? Yeah. Um, and then you just learn that that's true or false, yeah. essentially, yeah. by trial and error. And then uh, towards the end, they get really complicated. Like, point A is 500 kilometers <laughs> from point B. Point C is to the west of that. Where, <laughs> Where is point C from point A? And it's just... I, I know. <laughs> Literally, no matter how many times I was expressed to me, I think they changed the values anyway. But I just could not get my head around that quick enough, and I just had to guess. It's just guesswork. And I got there eventually, but yeah, that was. I like the idea, but I think I like the idea, but unlike, I think some tweaking. Yeah, it, it it wasn't fun, and I think I think that's <laughs> <laughs> it. Just became more of an obstacle, right? The 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 mini game that comes immediately afterwards where he's chucked out on a stretcher and he's like hurtling down a hill yeah and you have to dodge obstacles and jump over things and you know i like that one that's really that's that's kind of what the game 
represents the game better to me. It's this fun, yeah. quirky, silly little game um, with a, a daft premise, and it's just great. But the quiz, not so much. Mm. There's another one that is in the the wife's list of mini games, where she has she's got a bag and she's got another bag full of items. And she needs to take a certain number of items out of that bag and put it in the other bag to make sure that they they match weights. Yeah. And you've got a list of all the items in their weights, and you've got a, you've got a target weight to achieve, and you've got to work out which items you want to add up exactly to the target weight. I'm not kidding you. I spent an hour on this game, <laughs> a whole hour of my evening on this game, because I just couldn't get. <laughs> Part of the problem was it didn't. It's got a very narrow window where you can see that there's loads and loads of items on there. Yeah. And you only get a line of six of them at a time, and you've got to keep scrolling through. And it's that time pressure, and I just couldn't find like the right combination. And I ended up having to write, just literally write them all out on a notepad in like a grid. <laughs> That's really old school. <laughs> it is really old school. I've never had to write anything out in a game before on a piece of paper, but I had to do it with this, and I had to just. You, you kind of you see what the last digits are and you kind of add up add those up first and then you kind of see what bigger ones you can get but even then it took me ages and the thing is i'm not very good at arithmetic no, the I'm thing not. is um it, it's it's not like it's a set thing they randomize yeah. the the items every time yeah. so i couldn't even look it up on youtube i couldn't even <laughs> like no. You know, use save states or anything There's like no that. All the all the weapons in my cheating arsenal <laughs> were just, <laughs> just robbed of me, and I just had to work it all out on a pen and paper. And yeah, it wasn't fun. No. The one saving grace of that one is it had really good music. The music is really good. In the, the music's whole, really really good. It is. I've got a name. The name of the the band. Oh, here we go. Performed by the Tokyo Scar Paradise Orchestra, apparently. But yeah, it's a really lovely little little catchy music yeah. in the whole game. Yeah, very good. It kind of really brings it to life, uh, definitely. Especially that mini game. Um, anything else? Um, no. I mean, no. No, I'm I'm skirting around the. Uh... <laughs> we are skirting around it. Before we before we do that, there's that sinking boat game that appears oh, yeah. three times, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and they even make fun of it by saying, I, I think it's, what's it called? It's called Titanic something. And then it says, Titanic, for the last time, we promise. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the reason for that is that there, in the Japanese version, there are two other minigames that were never brought over. Oh, really? Because um, they couldn't be translated easily. Oh, I didn't so know that. in. Yeah, look this up. In the scene where um at the end of Tanio's story where he gets on the train, um there's a bomb on it. No, the, sorry, the brakes have been cut, but he just kind of you think a mini game would go there, wouldn't you? Mm. It was supposed to. There's supposed to be a mini game there. And what it was is you you travel on the train and the, when you pass the platforms outside of the train, you see people holding up signs and they've got like Japanese symbols on them. And they are supposed to be hinting at a sequence of buttons that you're supposed to be pressing. Oh. But I think the problem was because um is it kanji mm. the 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 type of Japanese character that kind of represents a thing just a symbol. Yeah. It's a very complex symbol. They could put one of those on a card, but you can't do the same with English. There's not enough room to fit 
you know, yeah. uh, something like that. So they couldn't translate it properly. Oh, that's awkward, yeah. I know. And then another one is the daughter's, one of the daughter's games. She does like a karaoke thing mm-hmm. where you kind of, kind of, it, it, the, the words of the song come up and you've got to kind of press buttons along with it. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, you couldn't, they just didn't do it. <laughs> mm. I, don't, I don't know, they couldn't translate it. I was going to say probably, maybe. You know, it's probably, it would have required a whole different song yeah, exactly, being yeah. made, like an English version. Yeah, so I think they just cut it out. So I presume they just replaced those with the two same games Yeah, I again. guess that makes sense, yeah. Although maybe not, because the storylines, there's like cut scenes. All the cut scenes are in pre... Um, yeah, they're all pre-rendered. Pre-rendered. They, yeah. And you do see the characters go into that boat, which obviously was made originally. So maybe they were just two extra games, and I don't know, they weren't there in the end. Oh, yeah, I might, sure. might, uh, might try and track down a copy and... And see, okay, again, I kind of, I mean, the general rule of thumb is Japanese versions of games are a lot cheaper than the the Western and US versions. Um, uh, a lot of them are, yeah. You know, so if it's cheap, I might just try and get a copy and fumble my way through it just to see, <laughs> you know. It's mostly yeah. guesswork with the rest of the game, so I'm sure I can manage it with it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be an entertaining thing if you do manage to do that. Um, right, let's talk about this Ferris wheel then. Okay. So, t- Tanio, um, having just negotiated his way across the the road on a stretcher, he encounters uh, a woman that was in the the dancing mini game. I presume it maybe it's his boss or it's a colleague, colleague or someone. Yeah, yeah, a tra- attractive woman. He falls completely in love with her. He follows her onto a Ferris wheel capsule. Right, the mini game begins. You see, all you see, I must point out, all you see is a picture of the Ferris wheel turning around and around, right? The objective is to give her a back rub based entirely on her vocal cues about where you need to... (laughs) Where you need to go with the directional (laughs) buttons, okay? So she'll make sounds like this. All the way down. Further down. A little bit left. And then, <laughs> as you get closer, she'll make sounds like this. Oh, just a tiny bit up. Mm, there. And I do, I, I do recall you saying on the on your stream when you played it through that you hope your wife doesn't walk yeah. on you playing that. <laughs> And it's just oh, and another thing. Uh, you know, according to Wikipedia, the Japanese version of this is it's not necessarily a back rub. That's what it says. Okay. Well, a, but yeah, we'll leave that to your own imaginations. But I mean, it's a it's a clever idea. Well, I suppose it is. Yeah. So you're completely blind. You don't see where you're going. So you've got to tap the directions that she's telling you. If you go over, she'll tell you the opposite direction, and then you just got to work out how close you are, based on what she says. <laughs> exactly. Just like real life, you know. I mean, just like real just life. Just like real life. But <laughs> it is. It's one of those. You just feel so awkward playing it, don't you? <laughs> it is a little bit of awkwardness. It just but feels I, a bit odd. It was odd, but it was also very funny. Yeah, it's, it's like I couldn't contain my. my <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> my amusement at it. 
Yeah, it's it's well worth playing. It really. Yeah. <laughs> just to experience, just to experience it. it, and then when you that. get there, you have to keep tapping the X button to to raise the old bar, so to speak. That's the, that throws it back, <laughs> so to speak. Because <laughs> uh, that's the sweet spot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the that's the Ferris wheel game. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's 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 easily the most memorable game of the whole thing. I think. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think you could argue. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, <laughs> anyone who plays it, I think they will point to that mission as like, okay, yeah. that's um, unique. It's a memorable mission <laughs> for many video game, let alone just. <laughs> yeah, there aren't enough backrubs <laughs> in video games. There are very few backrubs in video games. Yeah, the only other one, the one I can one think, I think of is Battletoads. So a back rub in Battletoads. In the new Battletoads, yeah. You, oh, one, of the, one of the, the Battletoads has took up a job as a masseuse. Okay. You have to do a little little back rub. Um, yeah, so <laughs> rub by a toad Fair or enough. rubbed on a Ferris wheel. You know, games yeah, got you covered either way. <laughs> Indeed. We don't judge. Yeah. <laughs> we don't judge, no. Get your back rubs however you wherever want. Wherever you want. Um, I was just trying to think if there's any other... Oh, it's, it's difficult to top that, isn't it, really? It is difficult to top that now, actually, yeah. I did like the one where um, there's a big bear. Yes. And your, your, uh, she's, uh, the wife is in, um, for some reason, is in, is in like a fighter jet, as you do. And she's flying around, and the camera kind of is on rails, but you have to aim the targeting thing at the bear, each time you see him, and it kind of sweeps around. You got to talk. I, I really enjoyed that actually. It's very simple, mm. but yeah, I, I I kept failing failing at it. But it's one of those ones that I just keep kept wanting to keep go at, going. I was going to say, I think that when the game is at its best, it is those get those levels where you, it does have that one more go kind of factor. Yeah, it? you know, it's definitely. like it doesn't. It's difficult, but it doesn't feel unfair. You get that feeling like, one will go, I'll get it this time, I'll get it this yeah, time. And exactly. I think that's exactly, what really yeah. hooks you in that. Those types of games are the best ones, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. There's another quite a nice idea. I didn't want to go too far into the other characters, but the the, the little boy, um, he finds himself on a big spider's web. Yes. And there's a bar at the bottom, and you've got to you've got to time it when the bar gets to a green point, a sort of a set green point on the bar. When the playhead gets there, but the the sort of the playhead disappears after a little while, mm. so you have to guess where it will be based on the trajectory that it starts with. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So the bar is moving along and it disappears. Um, and I thought that was a really nice idea. Yeah, actually, little, I can't remember seeing that exact kind of thing in you know anywhere else. It was um, yeah, quite a nice little little touch. Yeah, yeah. There there are a lot of nice little ideas in there for for mini games. Yeah. It's I don't think it ever got a sequel or a follow-up, did it? No, don't think so. Which is a shame, because I think it, mm. it's one of those things... It's so daft, it could have easily... You could have continued the story in any kind of direction, can you? Yeah, yeah. You could have done incredible something else and have based it on a completely different thing. Yeah, and, you know... And come up with a load of new mini-games, yeah. and it would have been like a, like a series. I'm going to say, it would be a really good... I imagine it would be a really a fun game to have, like, a few friends around, passing the control around, everyone yeah. having a go. Um, yeah. It'd be great fun. Like, you know, Mario Party kind of sort of thing. If they could... Yeah, it could have been a series with, you know, different things each time and wacky 
games and yeah, it's, it's a shame. It's, it's sort of mm. it just ended up as this little standalone, standalone thing. Yeah, I mean, not long after this, I think WarioWare sort of became a thing, yeah. didn't it? Not too long, and then that kind of is very uh, similar kind of concept. It but is a similar much concept, shorter doses. Yeah. Um, I guess it was. Yeah, I guess it would be difficult to compete with that. Yeah, I suppose it would. In sort of yeah. more a linear series of longer games, you know, it seems somehow seems less appealing, and because this kind of game thrives on it is it's like you say, it's the ideal thing when you get your mates around and you you kind of hand the controller back and forth, and it, it kind of feeds off of that enjoyment that you get collectively. Yeah. Whether the whether the mini game is good or bad, you know, if it's fun, if it's funny, then it's a it's an entertaining game. I think WarioWare delivers on that. You know that's that it gets that down to a T, so it's it's difficult to compete with that yeah. in the same way because it's just so quick, so sudden. There is know. one area that WarioWare falls <clears throat> down on though, and mm. no one can dispute that, and that is back rubs. There <laughs> that's is true. Not, yeah. There's no back rubs at all. Wario does not do back rubs. He's not so... given an erotic back rub in his life. <laughs> he wouldn't know where to start. He would not have a clue. He wouldn't have a clue. Tanio. Is your man for back you know, rubs? There you go. Mm-hmm. Give him a call. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I th- I think I to to summarise, I would I would recommend people play it. Yeah, definitely. I, I you you've got to try. It. I don't think it's a perfect game. I think there's a few little. There are definitely some frustrating mini games in there, but on the whole, it's a it's just a really funny, charming package. Yeah. That uh, I think anyone will enjoy because it's just it's very funny. I was I, I was going to make a little glib comment that it wasn't going to win any any awards for the story at the the annual Podum Up Awards, but do you know <laughs> what? I'm I'm not going to say that. I'm thinking about it. It's it might do. It might well do yeah, actually. <laughs> the story actually is is more comprehensive than you would give it credit yeah. for. Yeah, it's um, actually quite and it's, it's not bad. Yeah, it's good. It's nuts, but it's not bad. Yeah. yeah. We have one comment on it um, from um, our friend Dominoid. Dominoid. Yeah, he said, absolute classic this. I recently revisited it and finished it, and it's just as nutty as ever. Great soundtrack, too. It's a, free, it's a really good soundtrack. <laughs> it is, yeah. I'd recommend, I'm going to put it on in the episode, obviously. Yeah. So if you like this kind of music, yeah, it's, um, it's worth checking out. Cool. Right. So, your choice for our next game, then? So... Next month, as you said, we've got the Podum Up Awards. Are we doing that next month? Next month, oh, yeah, wow, because that'd okay. be the last. That'd be the last it, episode oh, of the will, year. Yeah, yeah, wow. So we've got. Okay. Well, we've got eight games so far mm. in the in the nominees. I'm going to throw in two more. Oof. Okay, because we're going to do two games. It's going to be a busy month. We're going to do two games next month, but they both have the same title. Okay. They were released for two different consoles. Can I guess? Yeah, go on. Is it Sonic the Hedgehog? No. Oh. No, it's not Sonic the Hedgehog. No, no, no. Okay. Everyone has an opinion on which is best, and it's usually based on whichever version they played at the time. Are you sure it's not Sonic the Hedgehog? It's not. No, no, no. <laughs> Both released in 1993. Oh, okay. They're based on a movie. Oh. Made by different, made by different developers. Okay. It's a Disney movie. Oh, okay. I was thinking Jurassic Park, but it's not that now. No. Okay, no. I know what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Aladdin. Disney's Aladdin and Disney's Aladdin. We are playing both of them. Both of them. Okay. That's... And we are going to decide. They're going to head, go head to head, and we're going to decide 
between us, which one's the best? Which one did you play growing up? Mega Drive one. Oh, I did as well. Yeah. I've, so, I've really not played much of the, the Super Nintendo one at all. Exactly the same for me. And everyone says it's really good. Everyone who grew up with the Super Nintendo one. So I'm going to be very interested to see what we both think of it compared to the Mega Drive one. Yeah, okay. Because uh, the Mega Drive one in particular, um, for me, is is very special because it's actually pretty much my first ever game that I owned. Mm. You know, I had I think I mentioned it before, but I got my Mega Drive in Christmas 93. <clears throat> got a big bundle of games because that was the one that was bundled with the Mega Drive itself, and I'm pretty sure I played it first. I consider it to be my first ever game, yeah. essentially. So very special to me. But I don't think it's a perfect game. I think it's quite difficult, un- un- unfairly so in some places. Certainly in some places, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but I think there's some advantages it has over the SNES one, from what I can tell. But I'm going to want, I'm eager to play the SNES one in particular. Yeah, I mean, I'll keep an open mind. I'm very, I, I'm very, very fond of um, the Mega Drive version. It, it's yeah. a very special game to me as well. So um, yeah, so we we may be coming into both coming into it from a slightly biased position yeah. already. But I think we're going to be trying try and be as objective as we can. Um, and yeah, it should be an interesting interesting show. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. I'll look forward to that. Yeah, mm. brilliant. Yeah, good excellent. Choice. Good. Thank you. Yeah, so that's um, that's about that, that's really. It. That's another show in the can. Yeah. Oh, before we go, I just wanted to give a little shout out to um, Sonic the Comic, the podcast. Because I was listening to them today and I wrote them a letter, uh, not a letter, an email um, ages ago, but they read it out today. Oh, nice. And I put a little cheeky uh, mention of Podom up in there, which they read out. So oh, I just lovely. wanted to return the favour um, and say, Sonic the Comic, the podcast, my favourite podcast at the moment, actually, because um, I was a big collector of the, the comic back in the 90s. And what they do is they go through every issue in, a, in each show, you know, one by one, um, and literally just sort of leaf through it. And they're, they're really, really entertaining guys. And if you... If you have any affection for the for Sonic the comic, it, I would definitely recommend you check it out. But also, if you've got if you were a kid in the nineties, I think there's there's quite a lot in there that you'll enjoy as well because they kind of look at the adverts and things that oh, were targeted cool. at kids yeah. at the nineties, and it's lots of different discussions about that. So it's a really really good pro, uh, podcast. Yeah. So um, I yeah I just wanted to slip that in there because it was um yeah I used to love Sonic the comic. Yeah, I I collected it. I think I had I started in issue twenty four and I collected it for about five years, uh, nonstop. So, yeah, yeah, it was a it was a huge influence on me growing up. Yeah, yeah, I, I got I got the I got I actually got issue one. Not, Did you? You know, not to. Oh wow. <laughs> not to show off, but uh, no, my my, my mum bought it for me because I you know I was obsessed with Sonic, um, yeah. and she bought me this comic. I I. You know, I don't I can't remember how much it was, but it was I what when I was a kid, I thought it was pricey, because um, my mum said, you know, you're not going to every week, you're not going to every issue. Well, you you get every now and then. I think it started out less than a pound. Yeah, I know, but when you're a but kid, then in know. in when you're a kid, I mean, you may might as well be ten. I was going to say yeah, twenty quid. <laughs> yeah, might as well have been. Um, so I didn't get every issue, but I I got I got yeah. a, a fair few of them, and yeah, it's it's really good. I used to love love the fact that they didn't do, just do Sonic. There was like. Streets of Rage, yeah. Golden Axe comics, Echo the Dolphin yeah. comics, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, that's good. The Streets of Rage ones in particular, when these guys talk about them, they're, they're really sort of mature stuff. And it was like it was it was a, a, a they weren't just just throwing crap out there. They were really thinking about these stories and you know the and trying to appeal to particular audiences and, and a, a wide range of them. Who as well. was it who wrote for um, 
the famous writer who wrote for Sonic the Comic. Is it Mark Miller? Yeah, he wrote the Streets of Rage one. Ah, that's what that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's really cool. I'll, I'll check that out myself then. Yeah, because I like that. Yeah, I do. That it's comic. um, yeah, yeah. It's a great show. Uh, without Sonic Comic, Sonic the Comic, mm. we wouldn't have the you know the famous Sonic character Porker Lewis. No, we wouldn't. Know? Which is who is something of a mascot for Podemop, uh, <laughs> who was a little while, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, old Porker, Porker Lewis. I mean, you think of Sonic the Hedgehog, first thing that comes to head. Porker Lewis. Porker Lewis. You know, his little <laughs> yeah. leather jacket. It's, oh. Yeah, he looks so cute in his little leather I jacket. I know, didn't what he? legend. Oh. The weird thing is, he started out with trotters, and soon enough they realised that they couldn't get him to do much with those, so they just gave him full on gloved hands <laughs> like, the, like the Sonic characters have. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? I know. Stick it's just a glove on a trotter, and suddenly he's got all articulated fingers. It's amazing. Well, the guys on the podcast um, wonder if they like he made them like robot hands for himself. Oh, that'd be amazing. Imagine <laughs> if should, I was. Oh, I love head cannons. Which stuff would like make that. sense, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, that's brilliant. Yeah, I'll check that out. Mm. And so should yeah, you. Do. Yes. So um, that about wraps it up. We are Podem Up. Our email is podemup at gmail dot com. We are at Podemup on Twitter, and Podemup.live is our uh, little website, and Podemup.twitch as well. That's where I sometimes stream the games that we're playing. Yes. Um, and I, I might put them on YouTube as well because we don't have uh, we don't have like a paid Twitch account, so the videos don't stay there. But I do download them, so I might pop them up on our YouTube. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, as cool. well. Yeah. yeah, which I haven't. Um, I, I used to put our episodes on there as well, but I haven't done that in about ten episodes. So I should probably do that as well. <laughs> I kind of ignore the YouTube channel. I think like I think most people ignore our YouTube channel, to be honest. But I, I, th- it, uh, I don't yeah. Blame I don't blame them. It's more, you know, it's just a, a an also, you know. Uh, an extra place to find things if you want to. Well, the thing I, I always assumed about YouTube is because there's so much like music and stuff on there. I assumed that you could just upload an MP3 and like an, a piece and then, like an image, and it would just do it for you. But uh, last time I did it, anyway, you don't. You actually have to make the movie yourself with the MP3 and the image, oh, and then upload that. And I just couldn't. I just couldn't be bothered in the yeah, end, to be honest. <laughs> it's just too much of a faff. Really. It's, it's a lot of faff for three views, isn't there? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So you know, that's what I thought. But I, I, I think it'd be good to put some video stuff on there. Yeah. Anyway, if we don't do episodes, so yeah, keep an eye on that. I don't know what that that link is, but you can just find us, pull them up on there. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, um, that sounds like a a good place to to call the show to a close. Uh, we've got a, a great game for next month, and the two great games. Two great games, correct? Mm. And the ever popular bottom up awards. Indeed, you know the highlight of the of the the gaming year for many in the industry. Um, you know. Um, yeah, we'll be all dressed up in our tuxedos. Yeah, you know, for the for the big event. Absolutely. On the red car, the red carpet. You know. Do you know? I'm still slightly disappointed that Capcom never contacted us to <laughs> to get their bottom up trophy. I was genuinely going to get pay for a little. You know, only like. You know those little darts trophies you get in like a, a hardware shop. Where you just they yeah. engrave it for a quid. I'd have just, yeah. I'd have just had, I'd have got one of those, and I'd have sent yeah. it to Capcom, but they didn't. They didn't contact yeah. us. Although to be fair, Toby Fox never did either. No, he didn't. No, so, but um, I mean, he's, he, you know, he's he's probably busy creating things. 
He's a busy man. He's a busy yeah. man. You Capcom, know? Capcom, they got someone who can do that in their big, big organization. Exactly, they can delegate that. <laughs> Reach out Just to get the, the receptionist to, to, to drop us a line. It's fine. It's yeah. not a problem. Yeah. Well, we should say, if you want to vote, basically, it's all the games that we played this year, um, apart from the Podum Up Awards last year, where we played the two bad games. They weren't in it last year, and they're not in it this year. No. <laughs> but everything else is up for an award, including the two games we're going to play next month, the two Aladdins, separately. So that's ten games. Pick your favourite, um, which isn't really fair, because you might not have played them all, but hey, there you go, that's how it goes. And your it will be factored in in some way. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> that's an incentive. Um, I might shake up the awards uh, this year, because oh. we did have a problem last year where arguably the, the second best game was Metal Gear Solid, but it didn't get as many votes as some of the others, just because of the way the <laughs> the thing worked. That's just, so I might you know that's just the algo at work. You know, you can't help. Yeah, it. but I might do some. I've got an idea to tweak to make sure that maybe it's a little bit more fairer. Yeah, but we'll okay. discuss that separately. All right. Yeah. So that's that next month. Very exciting. Do tell us your favourite games from this year, and uh, yeah, we'll see you then. See you Bye-bye. then.